Welcome to the Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo, and this is, Lord knows, this is black, queer, and unapologetic, but at this point, I've forgotten how many episodes of this we've had. It's somewhere. When you guys go to look at the actual title, you'll see which one this is. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, I don't know. It's Black Queen Apologetic. That's all I know. And we have some awesome guests who are joining me for this episode. This episode itself is entitled something that has a lot to do with this year. This is a year of exploration. So I wanted this episode to kind of go in line with that. So we're talking about the beauty in exploring. Our first guest is Mr. Manny K. Soul. Welcome, sir. Whoop, whoop. What's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> our next guest is no stranger to Black Queen Unapologetic. He was our very first guest when we first did BQ and U. Black Queen Unapologetic. That's a shame. Right. I, had to- <laughs> I was like, did I get the A, B, C, D? <laughs> <laughs> George Hill, y'all. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, guys. I'm going to do my TS Medicine voice. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love T.S. Madison. Shout out to T.S. Madison. If good. anything, it'll give people a reason to go to Google if they don't know who that is. Yes. <laughs> like, listen, listen, okay. go ahead. <laughs> as well as one of our most popular guests from Black Queen Apologetic. This brother's videos and audios were posted yes. over and over from his last episode on here. Mr. Mike. Welcome, everybody. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. I am so happy to be back and get back into it. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Yes. Wait go. a minute. <laughs> I was like, shit. Okay. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is that I always want to call you Jackson, and I don't know why. I know damn well it's Walker, but for some reason I wanted to say Jackson. So you notice I just said Mike. I was like, Mr. Mike. Because I was like, shit. I almost said Jackson. There we go. Come on. That's what it is. So that probably triggers you to think Michael Jackson. But MJ is Michael James. Yes. Yes. That that helped. That helped a lot. That helped a lot. Yes. Yeah. I can't deal with Manny. Directed by Manny Queso. Yes. He's multifaceted, indeed. He's. Did he say, mmm? Wow. Wow. Don't store it, please. Yes. I'm be good. <laughs> a, a man of many gifts, yes. Yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, something different, something that we always do on the healing space, but it's usually just when BHW and I would talk to one another. We've never really done it on Black Queen Unapologetic. So I want to ask you guys, what was your weekends like? You know, how did you enjoy your weekend? I had a beautiful weekend, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> oh, that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My mom actually got married yesterday. Come on! Yeah, yeah. And mama said, this the third time and the last time. So if this one don't work out, then hey, solo dolo from here on out. Okay. But it was a beautiful ceremony. I did sing for my mama. And my mom actually sang for her husband too. So it was really sweet. It was really dope. And she was gorgeous. I'm talking about, oh. Yeah, I'm talking about, oh. (laughs) How did your mother look at the wedding? Uh, that's okay, it. that's a new uh, term. Indeed, right? uh, perfect. Yes, listen, <laughs> real concise to the point. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, George, how was your weekend? Congratulations to your mom as yeah, well, Manny. Thank you. Thank you. 
Mike Weekend was good. I actually got to experience some art in the area with with you, Raven. Yeah. So, yes, you better pull my head up to the mic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but I do have a funny story. If I can share that, I'm going to be very brief. Absolutely. So, me and Raven, before we went to go see this play, we went to meet for drinks at Einstein's. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm so glad that he was here with me because when I tell these stories, people think, Oh, that didn't happen. George, right. you're just, you're, you're lying. <laughs> you know, you, but Raven was there to bear witness to the fuckery. So <laughs> as we were leaving Einstein's, I spotted a gentleman, you know, kind of my type, dark skin, slim, thick, fat ass. You know what I mean? So I was like, yep, I'm getting on that. So I kind of huh, like, huh. he I was call, very muscular. He was very muscular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. But I kind of like, you know, singled him over, you know, with my, you know, usual, I guess, fuck boy thing. Hey, 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 Slim, you know. Uh-uh. And so he came over and um, we exchanged some pleasantries and whatnot. And I said, well, can I get your number? And uh, he was like, sure. So we exchanged numbers and um, that was that. So we get back in the car and I'm talking to Raven and I get a text from him and it says, oh, by the way, I should have told you I was in a relationship. <laughs> well, well, bitch, why'd you give me your number? Yes. You know what I mean? So, and then after that, we go to the play. We're sitting down in our seats. Guess who walks in? The boy and his boyfriend. Oh. No, no, no. Not the boy. Just the boy. Oh, okay. I was going to say so, his wife. Oh, that would have been good. That would have been, been, been better than the play. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, no. So, I mean, that was pretty much my weekend. So, I mean, it was fun. But it was yeah. kind of interesting as well, though. I got to see some good art, though. Good. Mm-hmm. So, that was good. So, yeah. My, um, my weekend was art. Which I'm, I'm loving this thing that we're doing now. Yes. Like George and I are like going out on Fridays to experience art, and that's sexy. Um, Mike has informed us that he needs to be a part of this as well. <laughs> Mike's like, bitch, I like art too. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so that's really really cool. So we got to experience the play together, and then of course Saturdays, Saturdays and Sundays are always yoga, teaching. Um, and per the usual, when it comes to Saturdays these days for over a month now, after yoga's done, I'm up in some ass. Oh, so yes. look at that. Right. <laughs> Doing my best to contribute to another healing space. Yes. But yeah. All right. So <laughs> is that what we're calling it? Yes. Year, yes. It is. It's grand old year of 2019. 19. <laughs> right. Right. The healing space. The healing space. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> What did you do this weekend? I was in a healing space. Yeah. Indeed. All, uh, yeah. Indeed. I, I can totally relate. Right. Yeah. All, uh, up uh, <laughs> all up in it. All up in it. Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully, and ho- hopefully both parties walked away healed. Right. There yes. we go. I know we did, but yes. Right. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. I'm here for all of that. Yes. Yeah. And um, Sunday, same thing. Teaching yoga, several classes. Uh, I'm actually really excited for February because I'm upping the amount of students that I have. Uh, online and in person so that's that's exciting but you know per the usual I'll give you all the information on how you can become a part of revolutionary yoga at the end of the show but yeah quick, quick promotion quick promotion yeah what about you Mike um, my weekend has been quite uneventful um, one good thing I actually have started a new vegan service that my friend does so I had vegan chili for the first time today come on um, I like my meat and more ways than one. Listen. But I'm trying some new things. Yes. Um, speaking of trying new things, I have a new little dildo friend named Skylar. Yes. And that has Woo. been the 
best part of the weekend because we have fucked each other all over that house. Oh, come on. And it's the best because when you're finished, you just sanitize it and put it in its little spot until it's ready to go again. Yes. <laughs> you ain't got to pay no lip. Right. No issues, right. no problems. Right there. But you want these problems. You don't got to ask them, so we're yeah. going to leave. Somebody has been experiencing a whole lot when it comes to their healing space. Right. All right, listen. I, 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 I <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't got to say let's get healed to you. You're like no, I already been there. He already there. Listen, <laughs> that's oh awesome, God. everybody. Yes. <laughs> So I already let them know that I already have the 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 idea, the concept for the next Black Queen Unapologetic. And I believe I told you guys that's going to be happening in April. And that's going to be geared towards sex. So if you end up hearing the exact same people's voices again. <laughs> we'll be here. Yeah. We'll be here. Will Skylar be here, Mike? Oh, we can bring Skylar for oh, a special is- episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, will there be a demonstration? Sharing his kids. Yes! yes! I love it. I love it. Wow. Yeah. Put it in my phone. Yeah. Yes! Lock it in. Oh my God. We're all about caring on the healing space. Yes. Absolutely. I will be here. Yes. Show and tell. I love show and tell. That was my favorite part of school. Was it? Show and, show and tell, tell was your favorite? I bet it was. I bet it was. <laughs> you, you gotta put it on what is the um the yeah only fans, only fans, only fans yeah i was about to say absolutely yes adult edition yes indeed come on listen healing shows up in different ways so listen get the money you you can't judge the way somebody heals and that's gonna be our tagline <laughs> on on OnlyFans is gonna say a healing space. You can't judge how somebody heals. <laughs> do do okay. So anyway, we're gonna get into these topics. As I said, the uh, the title for this episode is the beauty of Expl- the beauty in exploring. Excuse me. And of course, as all of the misfits know, 2019 is the year of exploring. So I have several different questions I wanted to ask our uh, I guess you would say panel. Um, (laughs) panel of black queers um in regards to these specific questions about exploring so the first one that i'm going to start off with is what did it feel like when you first started exploring your sexuality so you know how this goes i'm going to go around and it's not going to be in order all the time so i'll start with george you started with me oh my god (laughs) Um, All right, actor, bring. Uh, I need you to come from the I'm, diaphragm. I'm, now. I'm, I'm trying. I'm come trying. From the diaphragm. I um, when I I guess I started exploring my sexuality probably when I first started coming out, like in my you know when I was 18 or 19. But I don't think I was really fucking back then. Not when I that not like I am now. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess you know with practice makes perfect or whatever. So I mean, I think when I got into my, you know, late twenties, early thirties, I really started exploring my sexuality, exploring what, you know, what pleased me, not, not only what pleased me, but what pleased, you know, the people that I was with, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, you know, just kind of exploring like basically certain aspects of my sexuality, what they liked, what I liked, and just basically, because I've always been a pleaser, mm-hmm. so I've always tried to find out what pleases my partner. That's what gets me off, what pleases my partner more so than what pleases me. So um, just finding the pleasure in my what my partner got, 
Yeah. That's kind of what kind of, you know, made me explore different things and want to do that. So Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, what about you, Mike? Um, so I started exploring my sexuality in preschool. And you can even ask my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I was invited to the bathroom and a boy told me that he was supposed to kiss on my dick. And oh. I allowed it. So all through preschool, elementary school, I explored my sexuality. I think where I started really exploring was in junior high. Mm-hmm. And I would invite boys over to play truth dare, double dare, and all that good stuff. Hey, and my <laughs> double dares always were something that's naked. Yeah. So, yes. Come so, on. Yeah. You better know what you're doing. I've been doing this for years. Come on. <laughs> say, say, I ain't new to this. Oh, yes. <laughs> Manny. Um, my experience has always been, of course, I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I did start to explore it, it was like that thing that I wasn't supposed to do. Right. So it was very thrilling. It was very. So the thrill of it all just kind of got me off. Um, but it was also one of those. It was very. Um, I don't want to say I was afraid, but it, I kind of was because I didn't know what I was doing. I yeah. didn't know what to expect. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't, I, I don't like hurting people. So I wanted to make sure in the process of me exploring myself, I didn't cause damage in somebody else's life. You know what I'm saying? Oh, in their life. I know yeah. what you No, in I'm their life. trying to cause damage in somebody's no, life. No, 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 no. <laughs> Well, yeah, there like, have been times. What you working with? Wait a minute. <laughs> there have been t- no. Yeah. Um, but um, I right. definitely wanted to make sure that you know I wasn't causing damage in their life as far as their emotional okay. health and stuff like that. Okay. Because so, um, you don't want to play with nobody's feelings, right? You know, so that was really important for me um, to make sure that I, I, while I was getting what I was getting or what I needed, I wasn't, you know, right causing any harm or damage to anybody else but it was very thrilling okay and that's i just remember i still feel like the tingling i can still feel that now just how i felt when i was getting into it and like yes. <sighs> <laughs> i'm not supposed to be doing this but we about to go in let's, let's yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> quite literally we're about right. to go in literally. yes yeah. so. <laughs> um i guess i'm like mike like it was really early for me like i started my my clearest memories, which I'm sure I've talked about on the podcast before, but uh, first first grade, and her name was Maria, and I'll leave it there because I really do know her whole name. Um, but her name was Maria. We were in first grade, and I wanted to play with her. You know, <laughs> there we go, there we go. <laughs> um, so under the table, I was playing with her pocketbook. <laughs> and uh did she have i'm guessing she had panties on or something like that but uh but <laughs> did you say please <laughs> but um but yeah i was always very i was knowledgeable of sex from a very early age very early and uh another thing i think i probably mentioned on the podcast before that my cousin her mom had a sex book and she brought it to us and we were all reading it um, or at least, you know, looking at pictures and things of right. that nature. So I, I knew about sex, like, and it was with guys and girls, you know. Um, I would probably say up until 10th grade, it was about both men and women. And so I don't know. I was, I never felt like I didn't, I wasn't able to na- to navigate it properly. I knew what I was doing, you know. Mm. I would probably say when it comes to sex, the only thing that ever caught me off guard was my, was orgasm with semen. 
because in every like even experiencing orgasms i was rubbing against pillows early on so i knew the sensation of a climax you know but when it got to the point where i actually had an orgasm and something came out that shit scared the hell out of me didn't matter how much porn i saw i was like oh shit what's this like (laughs) like oh my god so um because every other time it was just the sensation and I don't have conversations with a lot of people who had experienced that. Yeah. Um, it's very few people I met who actually got themselves to climax at a young age. So I had the sensation, but nothing came out. So it was like to go from that to something actually happening was like, I just thought that was an adult thing to see them. Oh, yeah. Wow. But have you guys experienced that though? Like, cause I think that's something that happens with a lot of queer men that they discover that very early. Cause I remember like, you know, rubbing against the pillows rubbing against the you know the bed i'm thinking like okay nothing's coming out but then when something did come out i'm like what the fuck is that right you know it's like this is that something that you all experience as well well my first orgasm was a wet dream so i actually woke up to just i thought i peed on myself and i was like nope this isn't pee um it was actually an orgasm i remember the dream but that's just so weird yeah I um and I don't think it's just a queer thing. I think men in general. I know a lot of straight guys, yeah, who have definitely experienced that. Um, it's an interesting thing, you know, co- <laughs> connecting with your lower extremities. <laughs> it's an interesting thing, um, because I was never, I didn't even masturbate until I was a junior. I think a junior in high school. Um, and when I say masturbate, I mean like with my hands. Okay. I'd never jerked off before. Okay. Um, I was either messing around with, and I mean it's still the same thing as an adult. Like I would much rather do something with somebody than to do something by myself. Okay. Like I, I now mind you, I consider I probably masturbate like maybe once or twice a week. Maybe it's maybe usually once. Um, that's unheard of to most people, you know. Um, to me, I'm like that's a lot. I, I touched myself twice. Like to me, that's a whole lot because I would much rather be somebody else. I'm like, why am I doing this? You can do it for me. So it's like, I've never, yeah. So the first time I did it, the first time I actually experienced masturbation, which again, we had a whole episode about this. So I'm sure I mentioned it, <laughs> but I just come back. Oh shoot. I feel like this is stepping into another one of my questions. So I'll just say this. I traveled to another country. Um, and when I came back, I had spent about two weeks sleeping in the bed with someone who I was deeply attracted to, but he was straight. So I was going through it, bitch, like going through it. So (laughs) I got back to the States and I was so damn backed up. I think I was like maybe 17 years old, 17 or 18, one of those two. And I was like, I need to do something. So (laughs) I was like, I need to, I think I'm going to actually masturbate for the first time. Like, like, can't you know, jerk off. Um, But with me, it has to be a production. So of course I had to get my video camera. So, took out my video camera and I had to film it, and yeah, that was the best experience. Do you still have it? No, now I ended up recording over it, but it's only because like uh, I was about to say not to get too graphic, but we talk about everything on this show. So, um, I'm a shooter, so it was a very graphic video, like because it was the very first time that I actually had beat off before. So I was like, I beat off, and like it literally went everywhere, high up in the air across the yeah so it was, so i was like i went back and looked at it and i'm like if my mother ever finds this video this is it so i so need to record then, over what, this what were we recording on back then um this was what what would it be a camcorder okay. like yeah oh, like uh, 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 like, like a little mini cam yeah yeah so I, okay. I put it up on a nightstand and recorded myself as i beat off 
And yeah, so I was like, no, this is a little too grown. My mother would kill me if she ever sees this. So I recorded over with wrestling. <laughs> like, okay. But how nostalgic, though, with the camcorder. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You have to mean it with the camcorder. <laughs> yes, you have to mean it. <laughs> well, I didn't know we were going that far back, y'all. So my okay. first experience, I remember like. Bitch, we thought. Well, he listen. said preschool. Well, you're right, you're right, you're right. How and ever, uh-huh. um, fifth grade that's when they started like introducing sex ed in school, mm-hmm. and so for me, that was like very, very like, oh, shit. so that's when I started to really understand my attraction to men, yeah, or you know, boys at that time, right? You know, um, did I like men back then? Wait a minute, as a, as a fifth grader, did I, did, I, did y'all? There was that? there was a janitor at, in, in my elementary school. Uh, my first time ever, like truly seeing, mm-hmm. like you see people your age, yeah. you see their dicks, but like my first time seeing a grown ass man's right. dick. One of the janitors came in the bathroom, and I'm standing peeing in the bathroom. I was probably maybe first, second, or second grade. So he comes and he uses the bathroom, and this big old ashy thing just comes from out of his pants. <laughs> I was mortified. <laughs> I was like, "What is that?" Like. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, cause of course I'd never seen anything right. like that. It's just me and my friends playing around with each right. other at that point. Right. So he pulled that ash, and I'll never forget. It was ash. It was black, just black and ashy. And I was <laughs> like, "It's so big." Yeah. And I was like, "I can't so was stare." It really big, or was it just like, in comparison to what you had seen? Up speak, that speak point? truth. Speak truth. No, right? Because I lost my virginity to somebody who was well endowed. Right. But then after I got older, right. I was like, oh, you're kind of... Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. It, it had to have been big for him to remember it all these years, yeah. though. This is true. Yeah. This is true. It was... But if it, you had never seen well, a grown yeah. dick. A right. Grown a grown dick. dick. You know okay. What I'm, I, I'm going to just like, say this. I'm going to say this. And, and this, is the way of, this is the way I get my point across. <laughs> It was floppy and it was soft. Okay, we like floppy. So, listen, oh, that's right, a, that's right. A big, that's a big dick. Yeah, that's a big dick. You saw a big black you ass. You saw. That motherfucker was ashy. Didn't have no lotion to put on that dick. Big ass dick. Oh my god. Yeah. Move on to the oh, next question. Oh god. Okay, so. Oh, this feels so bad, Lord. The next question: Have you have you ever explored other religions or faiths? <laughs> oh my God. Praise the Lord! <laughs> what a follow up! Wow. Okay. Um. So, like I said, it won't be the same person each time. So, I'll start with Mike on this one. Um. So, I have never explored another faith or religion. Um. If you know me, you know that my great aunt is our senior pastor Mm -hmm. my aunt is the minister of music my mom is a minister my other aunt is a minister and my sister is a minister in training and i am technically a minister in training come on so we never could question in our black faith to ever step outside of christianity Mm -hmm. and the minute that i tried to question it i was kind of like shunned and put into a prayer circle Mm -hmm. and told that that's just not what you do and you'll lose your salvation um and i was bought up in the Catholic Church, so they always talked about hellfire and brimstone. So it makes you almost scared to even explore anything right, else. Right, so, right. with that being said, I have never, not even in my adult life, I would say that I'm still traumatized and scared to even mm-hmm. think about exploring another religion. That's real. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's very real. real. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. 
Okay, my response is going to be super gay, but um, <laughs> I have never actively practiced another religion, but I know that I was coming up as a, a black queer man. I was a huge, I guess I still am a huge Madonna fan. So I did kind of study the Kabbalah a little mm-hmm. bit, studied it, didn't practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this really isn't for me. I don't even understand this shit, but um, it was Madonna. So I studied it. So I didn't practice it, but um, yeah, I've never really studied. I mean, besides Buddhism, mm-hmm. I've never Buddhism and Kabbalah. I've never really, really studied any other religion besides Christianity from what I was raised on and baptism and whatnot like that. So, but yeah. wait, 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 wait. So the answer is you have studied others because you just said Kabbalah and Buddhism. Well, I mean, well, I've I've studied them, but I've not practiced them. Got yet. you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, wait, you just named off two different ones. Like, <laughs> you did them all, right? <laughs> what do you mean? So I was um I was brought up Baptist, but as I've said before on the Healing Space, my family is staunch staunchly religious now. Like when I was brought up, they weren't deeply religious. I was actually deeply, deeply religious before they were. So as I was coming out of Christianity, they were getting like real into Christianity. So as I was coming out, I decided that. So I guess it took a few years off. <laughs> like at 11 was when I decided, OK, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done with the Christianity thing. So I chilled out from that until I was around maybe, I guess, like maybe 16, 17. And I started looking into Islam. And so that's when I got into that and studied being a Muslim for a while. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I like being able to go to mosque and not have to deal with the music. I know for black people, that's like, (gasps) how dare you? But right. (laughs) But for me, it was all about the message. When I was in, when I did go to Christian churches, what I loved the most was the word. That's what I wanted to hear. The music was like, this is nice and all, but I never got the spirit the way everybody else did. I got the spirit off the message. I would get chills from what the pastor had to talk about, you know? So when I was in mosque, it wasn't no music. It was all about the message. Let's get right to the point. So I'm like, oh, this is great. So I thought I was going to love Islam until, of course, you know, you finally have that one where they end up having to say something about homosexuality. And it's like, damn it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I was like, okay, that chapter ended. So then it ended up being, so then it ended up being about Buddhism and when we were talking, when I started discuss- discovering Buddhism was when it really touched who I was. And I was like, OK, this is going to work for me. This is my peace. This is it's not you know going against anybody. Nobody has to have hellfire and brimstone going to hell. You're not damned for anything. So I was like, this fits me. This is all about love and wisdom. OK, cool. But I also reached a point because I actually I'm a Buddhist uh, minister. So, yeah. Um, so that's where sensei comes. Well, sensei comes from a few things. Um, I also became a sensei when I uh, was ordained in Reiki. But, um, <laughs> but, um, it, it's Ikundayo. What did you, <laughs> where you get the L from? Yeah, was it? But, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, I, I feel like my religion is a religious sound too corny, but my religion is the religion of love. So it's like, if you go online and read up my profile and everything like that, I say that I'm ordained in Buddhist in the Buddhist faith, but I believe my religion is love. 
uh, because I feel like that should cross all religions, all faiths, you know, love should be the cornerstone of what it is that we're practicing. So that's where I exist in. <laughs> so what about you, Manny? So, of course, I said previously that I, I grew up in the church. I was raised United Methodist. So, yeah, on the lesser side of the Christianity spectrum, I guess, as far as like the, you know, the zeal of, of church or whatever. But anyway, um, nowadays, I I don't really practice much religion per se it's more of a spiritual thing mm -hmm. and like you were saying love if if anything if i had to choose a religion love would be that's just like you said it covers everything yeah. so um i i kind of hate i hope my mama don't listen to this but um that's that's where i am i'm just like okay let me just not practice any structured religion yeah 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 let me just figure out what my spiritual journey is and it's absolutely a, for me it's a personal thing so absolutely. and, and it love is. is just you know that's my thing so if if i had to choose a religion it would be love yeah yeah come on speak 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 and you know just to kind of double back on that i can't remember the verse that it is but there is a bible verse that talks about love how love is patient love is kind yeah. love does, is not yeah. boastful it's not prideful mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite it verses is. ever and i always tell people jesus is love mm -hmm. like when he walked he was love that's right. all he was like so i get that right. practice love mm -hmm. like you practice mm -hmm. love that should be what we all should be mm -hmm. practicing man yeah. Yeah. that um that actually can <laughs> it confuses people when i tell them and i, I think i may have talked to you about this before and when our conversations about religion but i tell people that my goal is to walk like siddhartha and jesus mm -hmm. now of course a lot of people have no idea who siddhartha is but that is buddha or the original buddha mm -hmm. the thing is is that buddha is a title buddha isn't a particular person it's a title that you're given um so siddhartha was the original buddha and so i tell people that i want to walk like the two of them and they're like but how is that possible you have to treat and i'm like no no <laughs> also the thing is you know leaning into buddhism people are like how do you believe in god and i'm like so, so you think that i believe in no it's no it doesn't work that way <laughs> like it's like i i study buddhism you know i study the life of siddhartha and what it is that he wrote about what he put out there what it is that he learned and then it's the journey of jesus you know and i'm like these are two people that i look up to and what their lives were about so this idea that it's like when it comes to buddhism you no longer believe in god is hearsay and now there may be some people who are like that but just like christianity just like islam you can't just go across the board and be like this is the way that everybody operates yeah. you know um so it's all about my thing is is that leave everyone where they are unless you plan to educate yourself about their faith if you decide to educate yourself about their faith then come out there and be like well this is what it is that i learned when i read about but you can't listen to what other people tell you about something and be like well this is what it is that i know right. you don't know it you know what you were told right. you know exactly. Um, so it's like that makes it a very dangerous place to exist in. Um, but yeah, okay. So the next thing is, is that, child, I didn't go on and forgotten what the question was. I had it sitting in my head. I was like, I got it. Um, okay. So the next question is, what have you learned about yourself from exploring your own body? So, okay, we're going to go back to Manny to start off with this one. Can't nobody do me like I do me. Come on. Yes. You know, I thought about Faith Evans when you said. <laughs> No, that's it. That's that's what I've learned. Mm. I okay, that's it. Sean Sweet. Sean yes. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> George. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to piggyback on Manny because I mean I think with self exploration and mm -hmm. masturbation, yeah. you just and with 
I think with a little bit of age too, you just learn your body more and you're more comfortable with your body and you know what you want, and you know what you don't want. So, I mean, I think that's kind of what's come up with it too. Just, you know, basically just um, knowing yourself, knowing your body and being comfortable with it and knowing what you expect. So, yeah. I have learned how to embrace my body Mm -hmm. Um, because social media will make you think that you just don't have the perfect Mm -hmm. body. You're not thick enough in the right places or you're not skinny enough Mm -hmm. or you're not this or you're not that. I've learned to just love me in my own skin and if somebody else loves it, good for them. If they don't, then me and Skylar can have a night. Come on. Listen. Say Skylar's always there. Always. Always there for me. Skylar got my back. God bless Skylar. Yes. Yes. Listen. Listen. It's all about loyalty. I'll fight for the ones that's loyal to me. Um, I guess my journey is a lot like Mike's. Like for me, it it hasn't just been you know the the satisfaction of masturbation. It's also been the way that I view my body. From, you know, I started out really skinny until I got to my mid-20s and then I started to get thicker. So it was initially a journey of being in this queer community the way that thickness is looked at. And it's evolved over time, you know, because at first it was a thing of any type of thickness was like, uh, other than your butt. It's like, oh, you know, then it got to a point where it's like, oh, no, we like some thickness. okay so then it became a thing of, no, you're good just the way you are, you know. So it became a situation where I had to pull away from the the gaze of others and how I thought about the way they looked at me. And it's like, well, how do you feel about yourself? And and when you wake up in the morning and look at yourself, then this is the reason why I explain to people, because there are so many people who will try to tell me my nude yoga photos are just thirst traps. And I'm like, that's insulting. You know, Um, I'm like, this is a celebration of my body. Right. And and the the, the sad thing is, is that I've had it said to me by more than one person who I know has had a journey in loving their own body. Mm. So I'm like, so why do you think this is a thirst trap when you yourself have gone through a journey that's similar, you know? So I'm like, this is me learning to love me. I post these pictures as a way of being able to be like, fuck what everybody has to say about you have to be this particular body type, you know? I'm like, I love my thickness. I love my curves. I got love handles right now. Fuck you. I love them, you know? And it's like, I'm sorry, Manny, what you gonna say? Yeah, no. Um, If you go back to Instagram, and I think it was like December. Yeah. Um, I posted a picture. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if you saw it. You, um, you know damn well I saw it. You yeah. saw it. Yeah. And it was. A, it was. Sorry, I liked it. It was a mirror selfie, and I have a gut. Mm-hmm. I have developed a gut over the you know past few years. I didn't make a caption. I did. I just posted a picture, and just to see the different comments. Mm-hmm. Not that one. Yeah, that's the one. Yes. Just to see. Yeah. The different. In real time. Yeah. Just to see the different comments and the reactions to it. Some people were like, "Oh, you know." I think it was a kangaroo emoji somebody posted and or when does the baby do and just stuff like that. But then there were some people who were really like supportive. They were like, yeah. oh, that's, you know, that's hot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you need to see that. And I posted that to say this is my body. Mm-hmm. I love my body. Yes. Like I have come to this place where I'm not trying to, you know, work out and get this gym crafted body that, you know, and yeah. no judgment to anybody Absolutely. if that's what you want to do. But I love what I have. And just to get to this space where I'm comfortable in my own skin, yeah. it hasn't always been that way. So for right. me to be able to post that and celebrate, that's a victory for me. So that's why I did it. So 
I'm saying this, and I'm not saying it just because you're sitting in front of me. You know, I'll get in your DMs real quick and tell you something I feel. But <laughs> it made you more attractive to me when I saw that picture. I was like, mm-hmm. Yes, God. Because seeing somebody living their truth, you know? It's like this, 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 what's the word that I'm looking for? Bucking against what society standards are is sexy as fuck to me. So I was like, yes, Jesus. And I think that's like the beauty of social media right now because I mean we do see all these images of these body boys and buff boys and butt boys and stuff like that but when you see someone who is living in their truth and accepting their body for who they are light skin dark skin heavy set thick slim skinny it's just beautiful it's like okay I can relate to that that looks like me or I can you know I don't have to aspire to be someone who I'm not you know what I mean because even the people that you know aspire to be that they don't look like that y'all they're photoshopped okay so stop killing yourselves with these, yes. these perfect quote-unquote bodies because they're not, it's filters. It's not real. You know what I mean? So love yourself, love the skin that you're in, and just be the best person that you can be. Yep. So yeah. Cliche, but it's yeah. Real. It's the truth. Yeah. So I need to make sure that you are just as passionate about all these other questions because when I say if you look at your lines on the air, you went up. <laughs> I was like, but that, that shit spoke to me. It yeah. really did. <laughs> He brought it back to a mouth, y'all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rocking the mic. <laughs> this is what I'm telling y'all about Libras. Pay attention, Libras. Take control. Listen. He t- took that microphone back. He was like, hey. <laughs> so wait, was that all of us? We talking so much. I didn't. Did you say yours, Mike? Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, was that everybody? Did everybody say what they had to say? Okay. The next question is, what's the furthest you've gone when exploring the world? Okay, so I'll start with me. So the furthest I've gone would probably have to be Italy. And so, yeah, I've been to, I think, four different countries. And Italy is the furthest that I've gone. And the ride there was phenomenal because our windshield was cracked in New Jersey when we were supposed to be flying out. So thankfully, none of us were on the plane. But to make it up to us, and this is white privilege in effect, I was with a lot of white people. (laughs) I don't know if it would have been the same if it was a a plane full of black people, but uh, they ended up wanting to make it up to us. They were so sorry. So we ended up getting first class on Virgin Airlines. All right. Baby. Listen, the fact that I've been able to get on anything since then is amazing. (laughs) Like, I'm walking around barefoot. They gave us socks that we could wear. They gave us little masks you put over your face while you sleep. And we, we were able to watch movies that were actually in theaters at the time. I was like, yes, Jesus. This is phenomenal. Hello? They put their head down while I'm walking by, and I'd be like, oh, you ain't got to worry, honey. I'm going right on to the back to my economy seat. We're going to get there at the same time, honey. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but it looked totally different. Okay, so that was Jersey to London. But that looked totally different from when we went from London to Italy. So we ended up getting, no, not nice at all. The complete opposite. No. So that was nice going. (laughs) So thankfully, the longest flight was amazingly comfortable. But we flew from London to Italy, and that was on. Oh, I won't put it out there because we we don't know how how far this pluck podcast will go. I'm not not trying to make no enemies, right? <laughs> so I'll say we ended up getting on a plane that wasn't the best, 
and there wasn't there is no reclining you know you're gonna sit so i literally slept in my lap i got i got off the plane and felt like i was in the most pain i've ever been i was like what's happening no like where there was separation with virgin you got on with virgin it's like okay you know seats over here seats over there um curtain here curtain there no all of us in one big ass place it's like at least 15 seats going across in the middle and we're all it was a huge plane the most uncomfortable you're just looking at everybody Everybody can see everybody. And you're like, oh, this isn't private at all, bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> real bright. When it came time for the, the the plane to take off, it wasn't no dimming of the lights. I was like, <laughs> what is this? Like, now, mind you, I'm on a plane with money. Like, these people have money. So I'm like, wow. if this is the case, is this is the only way to get to Italy? Like, wow. no. Mm-mm. So that was horrible. But Italy, the experience itself was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved it so much. So, yeah, that's the furthest I've gone as far as exploring the world. So, okay, what about you, George? Um, this is really gonna, this is gonna sound kind of lame, but I've never traveled outside the country. No, that's the furthest I've. Oh, thank you guys. <laughs> the the furthest I've traveled on my own um, was to Oakland, California. Uh, I was going to go to a Grace Jones concert, and Come I just, on. yeah, and it Listen. was fierce, bitch. And it, I just made a whole weekend of it. Like I went to go to the Grace Jones concert. Made it, um, got to actually meet her and shake her hand, yeah. which, yes. was, which was amazing. And then, um, also, my um, I got to go to Yoshi's Jazz Club in Oakland and got to see Rasan Patterson perform, yes, and meet God. Samson McCormick. So it was just like, you know, I, I recommend that everyone travel by themselves at least once absolutely, or twice. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you're on your own schedule. You don't have to worry about anyone else's schedule. You're on your own time. And you get to explore a city. Yeah. And I was able to do that. And I really, I don't regret anything about that trip. It really kind of made me think, okay, I can travel by myself. Right. I can yes. dine by myself. Yes. I can go to an event by myself. And it just made me, you know, really kind of empowered in that way. So, yeah, yeah it was great. I feel like I want to do an episode of the podcast on that about enjoying your own company because I went to my very first time going to LA my very first I can't stand Manny oh I can't stand him um my very first time going to LA I'm blocking him I'm not looking at him I went to LA and I actually drove to Anaheim and so while well, I rented a car and I drove around in LA, met up with friends and stuff like that. So that was really cool because that was the furthest I had ever gone by myself before was to LA. So I drove to Anaheim and ended up going to um, Disneyland and I met two friends there and they like paid for me to go and everything. But it was still the fact that I was traveling around all these places alone. Yeah. I'd always gone with friends wherever I'd gone before in Italy. It was a whole group of us, you know? So that was really cool. So when you said that just now, I'm like, I agree. Cause I went to Oakland by myself too. So I'm like, I, well, I, I didn't, but I'll, I'll, I, I told the story of on the podcast about, yeah. <laughs> so you understand why I hated Oakland, but, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's very true. So I think I want to do an episode about that because it's important for us to enjoy our own company and like by being by ourselves and exploring the world. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. So what about you, Manny, as far as the furthest you've gone? Yes. So the furthest that I've ever gone is actually DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was much later in my life because when I was younger, I was afraid to fly. I had the That's amazing real. opportunity in high school. I was a freshman in high school to fly to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. um, parade because I was in marching band. Yeah. But I was too afraid. And every time I think about that, I'm like, damn, Like I missed one of the 
biggest opportunities of my life. Yeah. So once I got, um, I think I was in college, and I was like, you know what, I'm about to fly. I'm going to do this. So I got on a plane, flew to D.C., and so um, not every year, but every other year or so, I have tried to plan a flight somewhere that I've never been. Yeah. Um, so this year, I'm planning to go to Cali. So yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I want to go just clear across the, <laughs> clear across the country. And then, of course, I do want to travel outside of the country. So that's also within the next couple of years. Okay. But yeah, yeah. So that's why I said don't feel bad because I ain't been out of the country either. <laughs> <laughs> well, just FYI, I'm going out of the country for my birthday this year. So if that if that expedites the idea of yeah, you leaving, yeah, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Mike? Um, the furthest I have ever traveled has been Germany. Um, I'm very big on traveling. Raven yes. will know because he's always dropping yes. me off at the airport. <laughs> um, I, I believe in one domestic trip a year, one international trip a year. I want to get out and I want to experience other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was blessed with an opportunity to go on this thing called an EF educational tour when I was 17. That took us to like Germany, um, Brussels, um, Paris. Um, London, we just got to see so much. Um, so that's the furthest that I've been. Um, I really, really, really want to go to New Zealand. Like that Me is too. on my bucket list. I have heard it is just one of the greatest places yes. to visit. So mm-hmm. maybe when I'm 40, maybe we can do that. Yes. yes. Listen, I, the, I'm, I'm doing an episode about being a nerd or as I say, blurred in the future for the podcast a black nerd yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so this is this is a blurred moment but the reason why I've wanted to go to New Zealand is because um, the Lord of the Rings was filmed there and they actually have a town there's a town called Hobbiton that still exists there from the film and I want to go there so badly and experience Hobbiton. Oh, like I want to go to New Zealand because it's beautiful. But the fact that Lord of the Rings was created there and they still have things from the movie there, oh, I feel like I would just. You want to talk about like instant orgasm, or 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 as they call it, nerdgasm? Yeah, that would be. Oh, listen, listen. Oh my goodness, everything. No, I've never been to Brazil. Love to go there. Yeah, I want to go there though when they do their carnival. Because I heard that that it's so amazing. And I want to be one of those people. I don't give a damn if it's only the girls that wear the big feather shit. Like, I want to go and just give me a peacock and put a peacock on top of my fucking head. Have you guys seen that one white one where it's on Instagram and Facebook? It just opens up and then it just like. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I want to (laughs) Let us know when you go. We all just go. Oh, Venice. Venice, too. I'd love to go to Venice. Venice is beautiful. Have you been to Venice? Venice. I told you I went to Italy, man. (laughs) 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 Venice is typical Libra, yes. Oh, my God. This is a gift to all my exes. You don't listen. I love Venice. Oh, my God. Are listening, we have confirmed you did not listen. <laughs> it's recorded. Yes, yes. Venice is beautiful. Oh, it really God. is. Um, but for it, it was it was beautiful, but then I, it also sucked because it rained while we were there. Oh, so that was kind of sucky. Um, and also I wanted the gondola to be a romantic experience, but it was like five of us on it, so it was like, oh, oh. oh. Like Venice and Italy is more romantic. Like yeah. it's a more romantic thing because of the food in Italy is just right. amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, in Venice, the gondola rides, just yeah. going through and seeing everything, it's just so romantic to be with somebody that you love. Mm-hmm. 
I'll never go. That's one place I would not want to go by myself. I would want to go with someone who I was, you know, with or partnered with or whatever. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. it just seems like it's just a romantic city. You can find yeah. somebody when you get there. Eat, pray, love. Right. Listen, oh! listen. One of my favorite movies ever, ever. You know I love that movie. Yes. Um, but the and I was about to say, yeah, I would still go alone because because my well, one the thing is is that going there and the experience. There's so many other things that go on in Italy. You know, like I stayed in I think like maybe four or five different cities. Like I was in Florence. I was in Sorrento. Um, yeah, so it's like, and all of the cities are so jealous. different. Don't be jealous, it's gonna happen in your life. Thank listen, you. listen, oh my god, yeah, yeah, god. your hands are so soft. Oh, my, his hands feel so good, yeah, right. I'm like, people, people usually tell me my hands are soft. Oh, they feel so good. You have to moisturize people, moisturize. <laughs> You say you've been what? I feel like I've been laying bricks all my life. Oh, he said, child, he said laying bricks. That is not what I thought he said. I was like, oh, you better lay dicks all your life. Yes. Are we really sitting here holding, touching people's hands? Yeah, they're no, they're softer than you think they are. Yes. Yes. It's not George soft. Right. People always tell me my hands are really soft. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Right. Like, yes. Come on. Okay. So the next question is we're coming towards the end. Um, that's not the question. Um, have you explored different types of relationships? So we'll go to Mike first. Uh-oh. I haven't. Oh, um, no, I've, I've never been in a... Rela- well, I was in a relationship with girls when I was younger. Oh, but I only different. dated Lisa Jordan because I liked her last name. And, I no. get, and she's a lesbian. Crazy, yeah. huh? Yeah. And my high school girlfriend is a lesbian. But whatever. I don't consider those relationships. Um, but I haven't. I have not explored any type of relationship. My friends tell me I have a type. Um, I like a dark nigga. And I just love it. I to fall down. <laughs> <laughs> you said I've never been in a relationship. I've been in a relationship, oh, yeah. My been, last okay. relationship was seven years ago. Gotcha. Um, okay. But we'll explore that more. That's a whole yeah, nother podcast well, because <laughs> I've learned that I've had to grow because sure. I am certifiably crazy sure, and I've right. learned that. Yeah. Listen, so, and listen. I'm trying to work on myself because yes. I don't want any more court order anger management courses because Woo! I broke a fish tank. Woo! Did you have the coloring books and like the questionnaires that you had to fill out? Because I remember I had to take a friend to court to um, court ordered anger management classes. So it wasn't a coloring book, but we had to discuss how our anger affects other people. And I'm like, well, fucking wait a minute. How does their it's what they're doing affect me and make me mad? If I told you I didn't like that shit, I don't like it. Why would you do it? Okay, so let me regress. Because yes, go there. You <laughs> we'll go to the next person. <laughs> Oh my god! I have never explored any other um, relationships other than like you know monogamous you know gay relationships or whatnot. But I did date someone who had only been in open relationships before, and that was a little bit of a problem because I think that's why it didn't work out between us because he was so used to being in an open relationship, and I'm just so fucking batshit crazy. 
I, 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 you got to be with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not, you know, maybe that may be a problem with some people, but like I'm, I'm working on myself, maybe, you know, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I've never explored anything other than, you know, just being in a monogamous relationship, you know, but, you know. I, uh, I have been in a monogamous relationship. I've also been in an open relationship. Uh, the open relationship was interesting because both parties agreed initially but my <laughs> my boyfriend at the time we i guess we we didn't make the rules clear and i don't i can't and see even saying we didn't make the rules clear i don't know if that's the proper way to say it so i'll just say it flat out so when we were in the relationship i slept only with people who i'd already known so it wasn't a thing where i was like meeting all new people and all this kind of stuff it was like all people who he was familiar with you know and it was like we kicked it and all that kind of stuff he went out and he had met people. Some of them were already spoken for. There were marriage situations. So it was like we clearly saw open relationship in two totally different ways. So when we, he ended up not being okay with it, I guess, because I was too relaxed in it. Like he shared with me that he did things with these men who are already spoken for. And I was like, okay, no judgment on my end. Like right. I could really care two shits, you know? Um, so I think he, I don't know if he knew, thought I was going to be mad or something like that, but I wasn't. But so he ended up feeling some kind of way and wanted to come to an end. So it ended up coming to an end. But my thing was the whole reason why it ended up being an open relationship is because there was someone who existed in his life that he couldn't get over. So because he couldn't get over him, I asked him to not have any dealings with each other and he couldn't respect me enough to not do it. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to end the relationship before it gets to a point where you all do something physical. Let's just be open. And I don't think he expected that. So, <laughs> yes, good. This is a whole nother podcast that we need to do because I am over here like fucking Atlanta Housewives reunion special, locked in. Like, oh my god, tell me more. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I was like, well, let's just have an open relationship. That way, you finally get to do whatever it is that you want to do with him. And I go out and I can sleep with other people because at that point I'd reached the point in my life where I understood that you are home to me. So there's no one who can take me from home. I can go out and I can have my fun, but I'm always coming back to you. Like always. There's nobody else who I have a connection because what it is that you're afraid of is that someone's sex is going to take me away from you. No, you and I have awesome sex. That's literally the only thing any of them would have over you. My connection to you is deep. On a whole other level, you know, but that's the place where I was. He didn't understand how to navigate in a place of, okay, you're giving me the freedom to finally, because he and that guy had never had sex yet. So I'm like, you give me the freedom to finally have sex with this guy. And there's a possibility that I might leave you because they knew each other for years, like far longer than us. But he couldn't wrap his, his head around the fact that I was secure enough to be okay with it happening. So he was operating out of his own guilt and shadiness because he was cool operating in the shadows thinking that something might happen with them. But once it was all brought to the light and I verbalized that I was fine, it changed everything. So we ended up having to go back to monogamy again. So, you know, we played around with the idea of open. So I've experienced it before. And I personally no longer believe in monogamy, but it's going to take a, a very secure person to be able to be an open and an, an open relationship with me again. Now, while I admit that I don't believe in monogamy anymore, I could be in it. But the reason why I don't think I can be in it is that finding a man who is secure enough to be in one is difficult. 
being able to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't need your password to your phone is nice. difficult, you know? In, in monogamy or an open... I'm sorry, in monogamy or an open relationship? In both. In both. It's hard to be in a relationship that's open because people aren't secure and right. don't understand how to make the rules right. together. Right. If the right. two of you come up with rules that both of you can respect, yep. you can be in a healthy open relationship. Mm-hmm. But then there are people who don't know how to be in a monogamous relationship because for some reason, when the two of y'all are dating, it's rules. But the minute it becomes a relationship, whole different group of rules. And it's like, why aren't these the exact rules that we had when we were dating? Why are we suddenly changing everything because of a title, you know? So now it becomes a thing of, I can pour all of my insecurity into this union that we have together. So all of the insecurities that I have, this is what I'm going to put on you. But it's not fair to me. You know, I'm secure. It's the insecurity that you have and you don't know how to be single until you deal with your insecurities. You pour your insecurities into a relationship and don't understand that you should be alone first. Let me work on me. And then the minute I can be in a relationship with somebody else, let me do it. Instead, I'm going to come into a relationship with you and hide from myself in a relationship with you. I can make a decision that I'm not going to see me. The whole relationship is about how you can show up for me. So I'm not having to deal with me and my issues. You deal with all the shit. That's why I want to be with you. You give me an opportunity to be like, fuck, I didn't have to spend the past two months. Let's be honest. People don't know how to be single. I had to spend the last two months being by myself. I can finally be with you and you deal with all my shit, bitch. I get to take a vacation. (laughs) And then here comes. Like a vacation for me is like sometimes being single and getting back to me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand people just going from one situation to another you don't have time to heal you don't have time to fucking know yourself yeah take that time to kind of get back to who you are and then if you meet someone great but if not that's okay too you know what i mean so i don't know but but keep in mind you just said you said you don't have time to heal that's the goal the goal is is that if i have time to heal i gotta deal with some real serious shit And and that's where the work starts. There we go. And people don't want to. People don't want to do the work. Do that. No, 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 no. I'm I'm terrified of unearthing what it is that I've been through. You know, if I gotta unearth that, that's a hell of a lot of trauma that I don't even realize is there. Absolutely. And I have to start unpacking all that. And bitch, I come with a massive amount of luggage. Right. We all do. We all do. do, You know. So it it becomes a thing of instead of me moving into my own place you know this is all meaning in the mind and in the spirit mm-hmm. moving into my own place and unpacking everything looking at it all scattered across the floor and being like let me pick up each of these items and let me work through all of this it's like i'm gonna bring it into you yep. i'm gonna put all this shit on you mm-hmm. and be like there you go you deal with all this shit i know bitch it's a lot <laughs> you, you go and deal with all of it i'm gonna go get me a mimosa and i'll be back in a little bit and see how you're doing and then when you don't know how to deal with it right, now I come back with my mimosa and I'm looking at you like, bitch, why the That's same right. shit on the floor that was here when I put it out? Right. You were supposed to be dealing with all of it. Right. Now we have a problem. Exactly. You know? Shit, what was what were we on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, did everybody answer? Oh yeah, the question was, uh, I'm have, you ex- that. have you explored? <laughs> he said I'm not I'm following. not following, Ray. No. I don't know. Hell. So, so we moving on? Yes. Move, move the fuck on. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the last question, because it was two, but I realized that one actually flows into the other. So uh, the last question is, how have you explored your mental health? So, okay, Manny. So we'll start with you with that one. How have you explored your mental health? 
Okay, well, we got to have some sound. So mm. I'm just- <laughs> How have I explored my mental health? Yes, sir. Um, I really, I mm, come back to me, maybe. You said come back to come you? Come back to me. I feel like, but see, this is what maybe I appreciate about you. Because I feel like on one of the THS lives, we kind of talked about that. And it was one where you had to think about it for a while. Yeah, so I appreciate me, yeah, that about you. Yeah. But it's like, come okay, this is me. real. Yeah. It's a real. Like shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll come back to you. All right, so Mike. Um. So I've explored mine because, um, and I shared this with Raven, my job went on this big initiative about mental health first aid. Um, and we learned how to help our employees, the whole management team, learn how to help our employees that may be suffering from certain mental health. Um, They had a lot of campaigns, talk about depression, speak about depression. Um, So the way that I've actually explored my mental health um, is I've actually got into group counseling sessions and I go to one-on-one sessions. So I like my one-on-one sessions because it allows me to be vulnerable because if you know me, you know my first couple of sessions, I wasn't vulnerable. I would call my therapist a bitch and walk out on her and tell her she didn't know my fucking life. So <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's you know, like, but that's me. And I've learned to work past that. And yeah. then I've learned in group sessions that I've learned I'm not the only one experiencing these issues that are happening in my life. And it's good sometimes to just know that you're not alone and other people are experiencing this. Why I don't want somebody else to have to experience depression because I went through a deep, dark depression. It does feel good to know that I'm not the only person that's depressed out there and I don't have to hide it because... Um, And a lot of people will know this coming up as far as like being Christian when you're raised. It's well, you don't talk about mental health. You pray to God. If you're feeling these spirit, Mm -hmm. that's a spirit. Oh, that's a spirit in you. It's not a spirit in me. It's an actual mental health imbalance in me. And I don't want to get on medication because that's going to make me even more suicidal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't want to do that. However, hell, I'm crying out for help and saying, somebody, can you please help me? Because, yes, I would like to pray, but I've been praying about this shit for the last three weeks and I still still don't feel the way that I feel so it's not a spirit in my house it's that I need to talk to somebody that's licensed that can help me get through it so I said all that to say that I explore it by going to individual and group therapy sessions to get me through what I'm getting through yeah Mm -hmm. and talk to your friends about it yeah Mm -hmm. what is what is the phrase prayer without works how does it go it's dead yeah yeah so I'm like so doing what it is you're doing is the work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, ugh. That Maybe doesn't... God gave somebody that training and told them to go to school to help people. That is absolutely what So maybe what when it I'm is. praying about it, God right. is telling me, yes. get your butt into exactly. a counseling session right. because yes. you're certifiably crazy. So you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> Hell, I'm trying to help you. That, and that's the thing that has always seemed so weird to me is that I'm like, how is it you're telling people that that's, something's wrong with that right. when that's clearly God bringing you the blessing right there? Like, it's like, it all works in, in, in tandem. It's like, okay. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that's mind blowing to me. Okay, George. Uh, I think with my mental health, um, I think especially with this past year, I'm going to be honest with you. I've d- definitely dealt with some dark depression this past year in 2018. And I've noticed just by reaching out to people, especially to close friends, that's been helpful because I'm like, well, George, why don't you come to me? I'm going through the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they were able to also, um, you know, give me some insight. I was able to give them some insight. And um, that's been helpful. And just also being able to say no sometimes. 
that's been, you know, helpful. Like saying, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to, you know, do that. I need this time to take, you know, care of myself and whatnot. So I think that's been helpful as well. Just the power of saying no. So, yes, the power. Listen, okay. I'm sorry. Y'all keep giving me things that I got to comment on. Um, So, and I've been wanting to make a post about this on Facebook for the past month. I don't know. I don't know what's holding me back. Maybe I just need the right moment. But I literally think to myself at least 15 to 25, no lie, 15 to 25 times a day, the word no. Just randomly. Not a sentence, nothing. Just the word no. Period. And it got to a point where I was like, I think my subconscious is just constantly reminding me that day in and day out, don't be afraid to say no. You know? And I'm like, it's powerful. It is. Because it's been happening for months now. Just 15, 25 times a day, just no. Out of nowhere. And I'm like, shit, what? <laughs> and I'm like, well, that, that's very, very real. Uh, okay, for, for me, because I'm going to let you go ahead and go last. Let you, <laughs> I'm going like, to let, let you go ahead and work on that. Um, for me, exploring my mental health started, I guess, probably around my early 20s when I first started going to therapy. And I started going to therapy because I was dealing with deep depression, once again, circling all the way back to the, uh, the topic of me when it comes to friendship. And again, at the age that I was, most people are going to therapy because they're still dealing with their family, not accepting them. <laughs> that was not my journey. My journey was talking to my therapist like, I still don't know how to trust. I'm tired at, you know, being 22 years old and I still can't trust anybody. And he's like, why you can't? Why can't you trust anyone? Because when I was nine years old was the very first time I had friends who turned their back on me. And it's a cycle that just won't stop, you know. But uh, at the time. I was dating a guy who lived in Miami and it was so awesome how he approached it because he was deeply Christian, but he said to me that he did believe in therapy. And he said, I would, I personally would love for you to lean a little bit more into God, but he said, I think that this is good for you, what it is that you're experiencing. So his lack of judgment meant a lot to me, but it did organically get to a point where I was just like, this isn't doing anything for me. Everything that I'm giving to you, you're not really giving me anything back. I am not the kind of person. Well, that's not true. I guess it's a balance. Sometimes I'm someone who just needs somebody as a sounding board. But sometimes I really do need legitimate answers to come back at me. Mm -hmm. And he was only a sounding board. He was literally just listening to me as I talk about. And he was, as I was taught as a life coach, we're supposed to regurgitate back to you what it is that you say. So Manny says to me, you know why? I was depressed today. So you were depressed today. Like, that's what we're taught. But I'm like, I got to give more than that. I can't just, you know, say that stuff back to you. So that's all that he would do. So I decided, okay, well, that's not good enough for me. So I did lean into my faith. And so my story is, is that through faith and my relationship with God, I did get better. But that's my story. That's not everybody's story. And I make that very clear when giving my testimony is that that's not for everybody. For me, it was just my faith and my determination that I wasn't going to be there anymore. But there are a lot of people that their journeys are far deeper. Again, mine has been through friendship. With friends, it's like, okay, bitch, well, you didn't like me. I can go someplace else. But for some people, it's family. And so it's like, it's not as simple as, all right, I don't have you. I can go to somebody else. A lot of people need their mother. They need their father. So I do need therapy because how the hell am I going to deal with this? It is my job, you know, that pays me a hell of a lot of money and I don't want to go anywhere else. (laughs) So how am I going to deal with the stress of this? Mm -hmm. So I always make that very clear to people. My, My nine to five, I work in a place that's all about mental health. So day in and day out, I can't go to these kids talking about, now I do teach them meditation, yoga, ways to cope. 
But at the end of the day, it is still all about the meds and going to therapy. And it's a very interesting journey because for anyone who knows me, I don't take medicine. I don't believe in it. If I get sick, if I'm not using something that's natural, I'm going to have to ride that bitch through until I'm done. You know, so I work on a campus where I actually have to let these kids know and have to check up with them. Have you been taking your meds? Well, if not, you need to go downstairs and need to make sure that you get them. And it's a battle for me because internally I'm like, I don't want you taking this shit. (laughs) But externally, I watch with my own eyes how they act if they're not on it. And I also realize that with some of them, because some of them have come back to me and have said meditation has really helped me. I have gotten calmer from our sessions. Other ones, the way that their attention span works, ain't no meditation going to work. Yeah. I'm asking them to close their eyes and breathe and they open their eyes up. I got to look around. What's going on? For them, they need the meds, you know? So exploring it has been interesting when it comes to my own mental health because often if I can help to heal you, that's healing me. So the way that it looks for me now at almost 40 years old is that I don't need to go to a therapist I don't necessarily even need prayer, even though I do. I, and and this could be unhealthy, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's something I may need to look into. Being able to heal others heals me every time. So as long as I can continue to make a difference for somebody else, I am never in a dark space. The minute I can't help anybody else, I plummet. So, and that's an aha that I just had talking to (laughs) y'all. All right, Manny. I think for me, while it was so difficult for me to, you know, come up with something and just listening to each of your answers. I've never explored my mental health. Mm. It's always just been, like I said, I grew up in the church, so pray about it and then leave it there. But for me, like so many issues that I dealt with, I would pray about it, pray about it. And I still felt the same way. So it was just like, okay, well, I'm going to internalize everything that I'm feeling and just not deal with it. And I understand that that creates a whole lot of other different issues, but you know, just listening to you talk about therapy, medication, and different things of that nature. I'm like, maybe I should, and I've said this in previous. I've said it. Um, yeah. You know, maybe I should explore that, but I just haven't. And so maybe that's why sometimes I get upset and just lash out or I'll disappear or, you know, because I'm dealing with it. I'm trying to cope with it by myself with the limited, you know, knowledge and resources that I've acquired over the years, which is just, oh, just pray it away. It'll be all right, you know. Mm. And I'm still dealing with it, you know. Like you said, two weeks later, three weeks later. So, huh, that's my aha moment. Right, listen, listen. Maybe I do need, yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what, that's, that's what the healing it, yeah, space is about. Yeah, yes. I couldn't come up with anything because I have not explored it. Mm. Yep, I shut it down. I shut it all the way down. That's That's, you know, just to kind of talk about that really quickly. It's good that you realize that because I had a friend just recently call me and when he called me, this friend has always been the strong friend. He called me in tears. He was literally crying and he was like, I don't know what to do anymore. He's like, I've internalized all of this stuff. And I was like, are you suicidal? And he's like, I almost feel like the end would be easier than all of this. And I'm like, you know, I was like, you need to get help. I was like, there's nothing I can do for you as a friend right now. I said, you need to speak to somebody. And that's why I tell people, you know, and, and like you said, we were raised in a religion where it just wasn't right to get mental right. health because that meant that something was wrong oh, with right. you or you weren't relying on God oh, because right. God should be your source for everything. Right. And it's like, no, I, I can step out and I can ask somebody for help. So mm-hmm. it's good that you had that aha moment. And I'm the type of person that would say, please explore your mental health because right. I've explored mine and it's 
I tell everybody now I'm in an area of peace. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people PYP. That's my thing now. Protect your peace. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's, I'm going to do that at all costs. Right. And if you're not peaceful, you can't be with it. You can't, right. you can't be yeah, with me. Right. You got to go. You right. got to go. I don't need yeah, the negative yeah. energy because mm-hmm. that's going to take me back to my deep, dark place. And I yeah. never want to be there again. Right. Yes. Come on. Sorry. Yes. No, I'm, listen, listen. And we've talked about suicide on, of course, Mental Health Podcast. We've talked about suicide before. So I wanted to, because when it's brought up, I feel like it's important to go ahead and give everybody the number. So for the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that's 800-273-8255. Understand that you are important and you are necessary. Reach out if you need help. So with that being said, we've come to the end as far as the questions. Yes, that was. <laughs> I think that might be the first time we've clapped at the end of it. Yes, that's how you know it's a good episode right there. Listen, uh, and that's necessary. That's necessary. That is. That's literally when I first began the healing space, not the podcast, but I was telling Manny earlier about the town hall that we used to do. That's what it was. It was a purge, an opportunity to inhale and exhale out whatever it is that you're feeling. You know. Um, well, inhale the love, exhale all that toxic shit. That's going to be the new tagline. <laughs> inhale the love, exhale all that toxic shit. <laughs> if people would like to walk with you guys on social media, Mike, where would they be able to find you? Um, so you can actually find me on Instagram. It is Hollywood Mike, H-O-L-L-Y-H-O-O-D-M-I-K-E. Um, I do have Facebook, but I reserve that for family. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood is where you'll get all of me. <laughs> um, if you want to walk with me, you can walk with me on Instagram at the G-G-1, T-H-E-G-G number one. Or on Facebook at George Hill, but not George Hill, the basketball player. George Hill just. (laughs) (laughs) You are crazy. And you can walk with me on Instagram at Manny K. Soul. That's M-A-N-N-Y-K-S-O-U-L. I'm no longer on Twitter. I deleted all my tweets. What? Deleted them. Are you serious? I'm still in the process because it was like a million tweets. So I'm still deleting all that. I just, ugh. If you want to walk with me on there, you can, but you ain't going to see none. Yes. It's still Manny K. Soul as well. Okay. I'm genuinely disappointed in that. Yeah, because you were, you, were, you were someone who actually, you, how can I put this? I enjoyed interacting with you on Twitter. One, because we supported each other. And there are very few people on there. So many people make it so you can't tag them and shit. They're like, yeah. no, I don't want you to do better not tag me right. and nothing. Manny didn't have no problem with that. Right. And I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can tag me? Because yeah. my thing is, is that one, like on Facebook, people don't like you tag, don't like you tagging them on Facebook. My page is set up where I have to approve everything. Mm-hmm. If right. I don't want it to go to my page, I just pay no attention to it and keep it pushing. Exactly. It's not exactly. bothering me. Like, it's no problem. Some people get mad about that. So you didn't get mad about that. Maybe. But also you were big on supporting people. Oh, and that meant a lot. Because for, you know, a podcast where we're doing it all by ourselves, it means a lot when there are friends out there who actually don't mind pushing you and putting you out there. I also enjoyed the stuff that you would put up because you're one of my friends who actually is genuinely positive. And that's rare, too. I think that's why I kind of, you know, just stepped away from it, because for me, you know, and I think social media, you get this in all of the platforms. But for me, Twitter was just really a very negative place and every time you turn around it's like you're bombarded with like and i and that was part of protecting my peace you know what i'm saying so i did you know i guess i did explore my mental health like i just started just purging and just kind of 
you know, blocking certain things. So yeah. I started with Twitter because I was very active on there. Mm-hmm. And so I would log on and just like, all of this stuff. And I just realized that all of these thoughts and all of these, you know, types of energies were I was internalizing all of that. So, nope, let me step back. So I had stopped tweeting um, October. It was back in October. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going back. I'm just going to delete and just start over. So maybe I'll come back because I, I do miss mm-hmm. interacting with the positive people and yeah. supporting my friends and stuff like that. Um, but for the other shit, y'all can have that. So, so this is some advice that I'll give. It's unsolicited because you ain't asked me for shit. But <laughs> um, the advice that I would give is for me, I don't, it, I don't live on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like I see, like I don't even live on Facebook anymore. I'm probably on on Instagram more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I go on Facebook, every once in a while, I'll come down my timeline. But I found on Facebook, it don't matter how many people I delete, somebody's still problematic as fuck. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, I just hardly scroll down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll interact with people on my page. Or if it's somebody that I know that I like, I'll go to their page and just interact there. Um, which people don't do a lot. People don't go to people's actual pages. I'm like, why are you friends with them if you don't even go to their page? If you don't see them. Yeah. If, if people don't see you on their timeline, like on their homepage, they don't go to you. Why are you their friend then, bitch? Like, that's what's weird to me. Um, yeah. Search for people's things. Um, I'm kind of like you. I felt like Facebook was kind of where everybody aired their dirty laundry and their yeah. problems. And even if I would unfollow somebody, it just kept, if somebody new negative came them. through. So <laughs> I'm like George said, I got to Facebook where it's post and go, mm-hmm. and I'll mm-hmm. check on my mom, I'll check on my sisters, and right. be done with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's absolutely like that's me and Facebook, but it's absolutely like Twitter's business for me. Mm-hmm. Other than my freak account, okay. Well, on, on my freak, no, 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 no. When it, and all other kind of stuff, yeah. Because this, because this is the sad thing. I interact. First of all, I have far more people who are walking with me on my freak account than I do on my regular Twitter account. But it's because one, there's very little drama. Like when you go on there, it's all about the nasty with us, right. you know? Right. And so it's like, that's what we talking about. Every now and then you'll meet somebody who's actually an intellectual. You have a real good intellectual conversation. Mm-hmm. A, a well, a, I mean, a well with, <laughs> a well with, <laughs> along with, you know, the nasty stuff. But with regular Twitter, I go on there. I'll put something up about THS podcast or maybe like a message to the minority. And then I keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. If I, if I scroll down my feed on Twitter, it'll only take two tweets before I see something is negative. Right. People go on there to it's just dump, just dump, you know, and it's a whole lot. And that's where cancel culture came from Twitter, you know? So it's like, because people can get on there and be real short with their negativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they use their intellect as a way to be able to justify the reason why they're as nasty as they are. It's like, you know, I'm smart. I, I write a whole bunch of think pieces that are downing a bunch of people. Of course you want to know what it is that I have to say, right. you know? Right. Um, and so I'm like, no, I can't deal with it. So that's mm-hmm. the advice. Let me t- mm-hmm. to full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason why I took the mic um, was to say that my advice is, is that what it is that you have to share on Twitter is necessary. If we keep leaving, that's how they win. Mm-hmm. So they need more of us who actually want to put love into people. Mm-hmm. So you go on there, share your love. I'll I'll introduce you to Hootsuite if I need to. Hootsuite is an app where you get to put up stuff and you don't have to go on Twitter. You get oh. to put your tweets, leave. Ooh, you can even schedule them. Right. So if you want to put up stuff for the whole week, 
post all of your stuff right there the same day, schedule it, and it'll drop every day without you having to be on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But your words are important, and what you have to say needs to be shared. So, nice. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I better have all your life. Hmm. Oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a blessing. Trust me. It's a blessing, especially if you got a business or something. Like if you post videos of you singing, you can put them on Hootsuite and schedule them to drop at certain times during the week. Because of course I am working on some stuff, so it'll be strictly listen that. Come on, go. This is what I'm doing. This one. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. So, child, come on. (laughs) So, if you want to walk with us, it's thspodcast.com. It's THS Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. It's underscore THS Podcast on Twitter. So that's all of those. For me, it's Scorpiogi across all platforms, no matter where you go. If you're on YouTube, our channel is Revolution LLC. Revolution is Revolution, except an A instead of an E, LLC. Is that everything? Oh, if you want my services, you can DM me anywhere at uh, Scorpiogi. Um, my yoga services. Shut your ass up. Um, my 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 wellness services. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if it's yoga, if it's stretch therapy, if it's massage therapy. I had a student who came to me today, and she literally said to me that she was going to do an online class with me, but then she realized how much she needed my massage therapy. And I'm like, I do do massage therapy now. I keep adding shit. So it's, so it's like, yeah, if you want stretch therapy, massage therapy, meditation, yoga, Reiki, I got you covered for all of that. What's so. Reiki? You said what's Reiki? It's spiritual healing. That's pretty much the shortest way to put it. But I'll lay hands. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm talking to Christian. Right. (laughs) I'm like, let me uh, me understand the audience I'm talking to. I'm like, okay, I can lay hands on you. There we go. (laughs) Um, So because this is Black Queen Unapologetic, we won't be doing any good news. But remember, you can always hit us up. You can even email us ths at revolutionmultimedia.com and share your good news let us know what's going on in your life because now in 2019 our good news is your good news so make sure you share that we love you all so much thank you to this awesome group of queer gentlemen who joined us today (laughs) and until next week i love you all so much namaste